What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Verdi here. In this episode, we're going to talk about podcasting. As podcasting continues to grow, more business owners are getting curious. Can podcasting work for me? Can it get me more clients? Can it get me more visitors? Can it bring people through that customer journey? Where does podcasting fit? We're going to talk about how to make podcasting a cornerstone of your content marketing strategy. So if you've always been a little bit curious about this medium, you are going to learn all about it. Our guest who joins us today, he's a professional speaker and founder of Law Pods, one of the first podcast production agencies specifically for law firms. Our guest and his team help some of the premier law firms in the world launch and grow branded podcasts that build relationships and drive revenue. Our guest who joins us in this episode of Breakthrough Success is none other than Robert Ingalls. Robert, welcome to the show. Hey, it is such a pleasure to be here. You've been at this a really long time. I have a lot of great guests on here, so it's cool to uh, to join the ranks. Robert, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And podcasting, it's been something that I've been involved with for years. It's something that Robert has helped a lot of law firms with. So it is a very promising place to create content and make a deeper part of your content marketing strategy. I'm wondering for people who are a little bit on the fence with podcasting, you've heard of it because you're listening to a podcast, but maybe you're not sure if it applies to your business. Why would you suggest for someone to start with a podcast or to add it to their existing strategy? The You hit on something that we see a lot in marketing in general is that's not going to work for me. You know, people that they, I think we want that we desire for that to be true for the new thing, not actually to apply to us. So we don't have just one more thing we need to do. We saw it with websites. We saw it with social media. It was it was snarky. We don't need that. And and we're seeing it a little bit with podcasts now, but the but the wind is is turning. The really nifty thing about podcasting is most people show up to it thinking that we don't need a podcast. And they, they're thinking of their podcast like they're going to be competing with Joe Rogan, like somebody's going to be out mowing the grass, listening to their business podcast, and maybe they will. But for a lot of businesses, that's not really, it's not likely. For a lot of businesses, you you know, my, my, most of my clients are law firms. Most people aren't sitting around listening to a law firm podcast for pleasure, depending on the kind of person they are, depending on the kind of podcast it is. But if it's a personal injury podcast, they're listening to that when something bad happened or a criminal defense one, something's going on. They have a problem. And, and people think about, oh, I, I'm going to be entertaining people. That's not your job. Your job is to inform people and, and your job is to give them what they want. What does your business do? What, how will you take this podcast and turn it into money? Generally, we're going to create something of value, something of value for our end consumer or something of value for our referral sources. We're going to figure out a way to create something of value for someone that will ultimately turn into money for us. And for a lot of businesses, it's either educating your prospect or educating your referral source. You can go the route of creating something that just is generally valuable to the whole world that everyone wants to listen to because you're so great. But I tell most people, if you're that great, then you should have a different career. If you're so good, people will just listen to your podcast. And so for most people, you're creating that something of value that's very specific for a referral source or for someone else. And the real value in the podcast isn't always necessarily the podcast. It's in the relationships you gain from the podcast, but it's from the content that you end up getting from the podcast. You sit down and you have a 25 minute conversation with somebody. I'll give you a very good example from a case study we put together. 
had an attorney get on, spent about 20 minutes talking on the podcast. That podcast episode got down, downloaded about 400 times across every platform in the first 28 days. The website got visited about a thousand times. So we have 1,400. If we just put it on the website, we just put it on Apple and Spotify and everywhere else, we're getting around 1,400 people in, you know, at least seeing or listening to this content. But then we took it and we pulled it apart. And we made, we made what we call micro content, marketing videos, image quotes, things like that. We put them on TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, Facebook, LinkedIn. And we increased the number of impressions we got by more than 12,000 from that initial 1,400. So instead of just having a podcast, we have taken that and repurposed it into blog posts, into transcripts, into all these videos, into full-length videos on YouTube. And so that one 25-minute block of time that, that the owner of the company took just created all of this content. They got all of these eyeballs on it. And it really, for a lot of our clients, it really is the cornerstone of their content marketing strategy. And another thing with those 25 minute interviews, which you could repurpose in different ways, those interviews are a lot easier to conduct. You do some basic prep, you come up with the bio, you come up with some questions for ideas. But then other than that, you just go through the interview. It's a little bit more complicated to do a blog post, do a video, and there are places for all those types of content. But uh, these short interviews, they're just so much easier to produce. And then you have all this different content. Now you could create all the content you want, but you got to get people to actually listen. I know you mentioned that the client we were just talking about, 1,400 people uh, viewing it on the website or through Apple or Spotify. How do we get the initial listeners for our show when we're just starting out? No, and and I, I sometimes I hear people say this and, and, and I, I cringe a little, but that's an excellent question. And it's something that people will struggle with. Now, if you're a business, especially an established business, a lot of times you already have an email list and that, that's your first listeners, your, your network, your email list, people who already want to hear from you want to hear about your podcast. And this is, you know, you're always thinking, I'm always thinking every time I am creating any piece of content, who is this for? Who is it for? And what do I want them to get from it? What do I want? them to receive? What action do I want them to take? What's the end result that I want to get? And that way I'm always sure that I'm creating something that's valuable. So I'm thinking about that on day one. Why am I creating what I'm creating? Who am I creating it for? What do I want to get out of it? And from there, then I start thinking, who are those people? Where do those people, where do they live? Because it's it's really a marketing question. How do we get our content in front of people? How do we get our business in front of people? How do we get our product? How do we make them ultimately want to buy from us? And Starting with that list is good because if it's something valuable, people are going to talk about it. Did you see this? This is helpful. This is helpful because it shouldn't be salesy. That's my recommendation. I'm not creating content to try to sell you. I'm creating content to try to educate you, to try to let you qualify yourself, to say, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about. He's very good at what he does. They can come look at me a little bit, see who I work with, get a feel for me, and then make a make an informed decision because I have given them what they needed without saying give, give, give to me without making a big ask. And that's what I think a podcast does really, really well is it provides value without constantly making a request, constantly being salesy. I feel like that's the best kind of content. So make something valuable. People are going to start to find it organically that way. People that are already on your list that are hearing it, that find it are going to start sharing it with people because that's, I heard this term dark social, I think from Revenue Vitals podcast for the first time. And I love it. It's, it's that, it's this idea that, 
your your podcast is 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 can really considered dark social because it's hard to track. It's hard to figure out sometimes where your new listeners are coming from because a lot of times text message, you should check this out, a DM, did you see this podcast? A lot of this stuff's going on behind the scenes and you're accumulating this word of mouth that's starting to grow that is a lot harder to just like pinpoint that ROI the way like a PPC campaign campaign or even an SEO campaign can do. And so you'll start to grow listenerships by just providing value. But then that micro content we talked about is so powerful. 12,000 impressions from the video and the short video content posted around on different sites, 12,000 impressions. Those are people who are seeing your branding because that micro content should be branded. It should have a title on it that tells people what they can expect to get if they were to listen to this video. It should also have captions on it because people, yeah, they want to watch a video, but they don't want to watch it until they've had an opportunity to read it and qualify themselves. They don't want to hear your voice talking to them unless they've already decided this is something that I want to do that's valuable to me. So you give them that title, you give them some branding, you give them those captions they can read for a second. And now you're branding to people every time they see it. Even if they go, that title's not for me, they've still been branded to. That's huge. And ideally, you're having people that are starting to follow your content that are seeing this over and over and over because every episode, you should be able to get three to five videos, little 60-second hits from every piece of content you make. And you're taking those, and a lot of them are evergreen. A lot of that content you're talking about is going to stay relevant for a really long time so you can continue to use it. Tim Ferriss is a really good example. He posts stuff and doesn't tell you that this is old. And you'll click on it, and it'll be 10 years old. And some of it's still super relevant. And I will end up reading a blog post from 10 years ago that he just he pulled me in, got me into that content just by continuing to use evergreen content. And so using that, getting that branding out there, Putting it in a way that people are going to see it isn't at that point when somebody reads that, they see that title, they start to read the captions. They go, oh, that that's actually for me. I'm, I have that problem. That's something I'm dealing with. If it's a sales issue, oh, I, I'm struggling with sales. They touch the screen. Now they can hear you. At the end of that video, they go, I want to know more. Now you're taking someone who otherwise probably would have never known you existed. You've given them something, whether it took one video or took 15 videos. Now they go to your podcast. Now they listen. Now they hear that whole episode and they go, this, I'm subscribing. This is for me. This is valuable. This is something I want to be a part of my every, you know, every month listenership or whatever. You're in their system. And you've converted a listener in a way that it would be really hard to do if you just had it on your website, if you just had it on Apple Podcasts. Because what do we see people do with that? They grab the Apple Podcast link or they grab their website link and they say, hey world, we have a new podcast episode. You should listen to it. Two things happen there. The first thing that happens is almost nobody sees it because when you post links on social, they're getting suppressed because social makes their money by keeping eyeballs on the platform. Links take eyeballs off the platform. So you're getting suppressed there already. And then when somebody does see it, the friction involved in trying to get somebody who's never heard of your podcast to then click that link and just go off on whatever adventure that you're about to take them on is so low or the friction is so high. The odds are so low and so that micro content nurtures them. It, it starts to allow them to feel like this is for me. And you're going to convert way more people. Way more people are going to see it, but you're going to end up converting way more people as well. And I like the whole idea of the value proposition because a lot of people, they rush into the sale. You're not going to convert a new listener into a customer on the first try. It could take months, even years in some cases before someone buys your product or service. But at the same time, you do want to 
have some type of transition from someone listening to your podcast episodes to actively inquiring about what it is that you offer. I think it's better to be in the position where you provided value a lot and are wondering how do I make that connection versus being someone who rushes into the sale every single episode. But how do we make that connection in a way that feels natural and uh, makes people actively want to learn about your offers instead of being skeeved out every time they hear your ad? Sure. The you're, If you're leading with value all the time, then I think one of the best ways, and this is going to be very dependent on what your brand is and how you're positioned, but if you want to know more, here's where you can find us. Here's the website. Come here, check us out. Or if you have something that's even more valuable on your website, um, you know, a real freebie, those kind of things convert really well. Sometimes the freebie is so basic and so silly that I think people should feel really sad about just harvesting emails through these terrible freebies. But if you actually have something you give them somebody, they can get value out of it and you'll offer it to them. I kind of like it when people offer it without getting my email address because they it, it makes me feel like, wow, like they're, they really are. They want me to come on my own. They don't want to pepper me with seven emails in seven days. And it's not to say there's anything wrong with that. You know, there's a lot of opinions on this. There's a lot of people that have been doing this a lot longer than me that would disagree with me. I get that. But I, I think there's something to be said for the kind of product that or service that can just lead with value and that people, you're generating demand when you do that. You are making people go, I want this. You're not, you're not just repeating, you're repeatedly hitting them. You're creating a situation where they go, well, this is the option for me. This person knows what they're doing. They know exactly what they want. They're giving me things that are helping me get better at it. But now I've realized this actually isn't something I should be doing. I know just enough to know that this is out of my skill set and that I should bring an expert in and let them do it for me. Um, so there's there, there's a lot of different ideas and angles on that. And I think that you should always have that up front. There should be, hey, here's the website if you want to learn more. And every now and again, I think that you are primed for an ask. If you have a promotion going on, if you are doing something, if you're like, hey, if you're enjoying this content, I would love it if you would check out XYZ if this is for you, because we we have this product that we just launched. I think if you're enjoying this content, you'll like this product. Check it out. Go go over here. You can buy it. You know, maybe you have a discount code, whatever. If you don't like it, send it, you know, or whatever. You, you don't have to keep it. I want you to to be honest with us. And, you know, it's a, a lot of my mentality around this that that has worked for me, really, the, the, the old Gary V method of jab, 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 right hook. That is very much, I mean, I was kind of practicing that before I even read the book. And then that just solidified it for me is that's how I like to buy. I like someone to provide value to me, to make me feel like they are the person. And then every now and again, when you have earned the right to make a big ask, ask and feel good about it because your listener or your follower is not going to hold that against you. They're going to say, well, of course, of course, that makes sense. And it's probably for me. It's interesting. You mentioned not having the email opt-in because you have a lot of people who say the money's in the email list. The email list is the one place where you could communicate with people like social media algorithms change. The email doesn't but it's interesting you mentioned that dynamic because there's even less friction. The more friction we create, the more difficult it's going to be for someone to take action. If you provide that free guide or video series without the whole email, that's your name and email, it's just one less barrier that's up 
that would prevent someone from taking action. That's definitely a very interesting insight for people to consider. Maybe you do A, B, split tests, but it's the, just hearing it. It's something very interesting and one that I'm definitely going to try very soon. Uh, with any type of content brand, the ideas that you come up with can really shape the type of person you get as a listener or how the customer journey unfolds. I'm wondering when it comes to the content ideas for a podcast, is it just based on whoever comes on the show and wants to be a guest or is there more strategy for thinking of ideas that align with your brand or something detailed like that? Definitely the second one. I am never, ever, I don't think, I mean, I'm, I'm a person who changes his mind with the right evidence, but right now I don't think I'm ever the person who is ever going to let a guest dictate where my show goes. Um, if the guest, if, if learning about a guest journey and, and shining a light on their expertise is valuable for my listener, because I, as, as a podcaster, you should be incredibly uh, overprotective of your listener. That person has millions of other podcasts, certainly hundreds of thousands, probably in your specific niche that they could be listening to, that they could be spending their time on. And one of the worst things that you can do is under deliver is, is tell them what they're going to hear and then show up with a guest who is self-promoting, who is not providing value and, or is just off track. And so now they, they trusted you and that's why they stayed on. They stayed on for 30 minutes and it was nonsense. It went nowhere. And they have just, you've lost a lot of trust and you never want to do that. You want to make sure that every single time your listener shows up, there are no duds. That doesn't mean everything needs to be like the most amazing thing in the world, but at the end of the day, it has to be valuable for them. You have to be thinking, what am I creating? Why am I creating it? Who am I creating it for? Is it going to be valuable? Because if you're not protective of your listener, your listener will take you out of their habit because that's what we want at the end of the day. We want to create a habit with our listener. They know whether it's Monday morning or it's the first Friday of the month that they're going to hear from you. And when they hear from you, it's going to be valuable. And, and they will start to, you know, on Sunday night, they'll start to go, you know what? I'm listening on the way to work tomorrow. They know because that's what they want because it's going to make their life enriched. And you start slipping on that they're going to notice. And, and it ultimately might not be the kind of thing where they just completely stop listening, but they might start to space out. I have a lot of podcasts I do this with. I will just kind of fall off because I'm like, eh, I'll come back when they've got 10 more episodes and then I'll look and see. You don't want them looking and seeing because I, who knows how many podcasts that I was going to go look and see. And I never came back to because once it falls out of the habit, it's not something that we tend to stick with. And I mean, for a lot of us, there, we have a set number of shows that we kind of stick to because we have finite hours. And if you find yourself in a position where you become one of somebody's shows that's regular, that is not to be taken lightly. And, and so be protective of that listener, constantly create something that's valuable for them. So that means you do need to be thinking about your content strategy in advance. What are you going to create? For a lot of people, I don't think it's that complicated though, because I think people get a little bit of analysis paralysis when they say, oh, geez, that, that makes it sound like it's going to be so hard to do. It's not. You know what your people want to know. We do. I mean, for I know what people are searching. I can go right now and search. What are people searching for when they find my website? What are people searching for when they find my competitors? What are people searching for around this industry in general? 
those are the questions that people want to know. And another, do, do some competitor research. I mean, TikTok is an excellent place to figure out what people want to know. So if you, if let's say you are selling electronics, whatever, you're selling computers, go find somebody else who's selling computers and see what their content is. Because you're not trying to rip off their content. You're trying to see the kind of things that they're talking about that will give you inspiration because you're selling computers. You're an expert. You know, I hope you know what you're talking about. You know things. You're passionate about things. You sometimes just need a prompt. If I was sitting here by myself right now and I was sitting trying to come up with ideas of what I should say and then started talking to the camera without you being here, I'm probably not getting anything nearly as interesting than you asking me a novel question and me being forced to think on my feet and dig into my expertise because I do know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm really passionate about it. And when somebody has a prompt for me, I'm like, yes, let's talk about that thing. And that's what your podcast is, is you're looking for these little prompts all over the place of things that people want to know that you have a, a big opinion on. You have a passionate take about that you want to share with somebody that's going to resonate with people. I mean, there's a lot of complexities you could use for a content marketing strategy. You can look at all these analytics, but the simplest concept is just understanding what your audience wants and staying consistent to that message and continuing to show up. Robert's laid out a lot of great insights throughout our time together on Breakthrough Success. And I think you should follow his work and journey, see how his business operates and see how you can make podcasting a valuable piece of your content marketing strategy. Robert, I'm wondering if you could share with us all the places we could go to keep following your work and journey. I would. I've tried to make it very easy because that's one of the things I like to do. Law pods. Type in law pods and you can find us basically anywhere. You can do lawpods.com. Any social media platform you go to, uh, you're going to find us at law pods, L-A-W-P-O-D-S. And always feel free. If you want to engage with me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Robert Ingalls. Uh, I think I'm probably one of the only ones on there doing podcasts. There's not many of us. Um, feel free to connect with me, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Well, Breakthrough Success listeners, make sure you check out those links. Law Pods, check out what Robert has going on over there. Uh, Breakthrough Success listeners, thank you for joining us on another episode. And thank you, Robert, for joining us here today. Thank you.